Hello, Scary Dolls. Hello. I'm Mandy. And I'm Carol. And you are listening to Scary Not Scary Podcast. Welcome to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Two seconds before we started, I'm like, I don't remember how to open our podcast anymore. I don't remember anything, okay? I don't remember this studio. Guys, we haven't recorded in a long time and we are so sorry. Yeah, Tim uh, brought it to our attention how long it's been, and um, technically it's his fault. Uh, he broke his hand. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're, we already told him that And story. he chopped his finger off today, so. I know. <laughs> all there of us. Are. What do you mean? <laughs> all bl- the blood all over but the place. But you see how he's like, he was real calm about it, too. He's like, yeah. oh, I cut my finger. It's really bad. <laughs> and then there's blood gushing from it, and I was like, oh, yeah, it really is bad. <laughs> Okay, guys, it's been a while. We know it's been a while. We're so sorry. Um, but this is going to be our makeup for Mother's Day, even though it's already been like a week. <laughs> it's been like two weeks. God. So by the I, time y'all listen to it, it'll be like three weeks since like Mother's Day. But that's okay. Better late than ever. Yeah, um, that's true. It's going to be a good one. A very good one. A very, very, very good, good episode. Okay, we're going to just jump right into scary news. Uh, so we got just a few things to talk about. Nothing too crazy. But I was just actually talking to God about this. And she was like, I had no idea this was going on. But Ed Sharon went to trial. Uh, so he was getting sued by the heirs of Marvin Gray because they were accusing him of copywriting uh, the song Let's Get It On to his Thinking Out Loud single. Have I've you heard, heard Thinking, heard out, thinking loud? out Loud? No. I've heard Let's Get It On. I'm <clears throat> sure everyone else has. Yeah, so they were accusing him of basically copywriting the song and doing it, you know, playing it without permission and that the I guess the the sound from Thinking Out Loud is very similar to Let's Get It On. And so the heirs of Marvin Gray were basically like, no, we're going to sue you. We want all of your money. And poor Ed Sharon had to miss his grandmother's funeral because he was stuck at trial. They can't push it back and for something important like that. he was very, very, very close to his grandmother as well. So his parents, I believe his father actually made a statement and was like, we're very sad that our son's not here, that unfortunately he had to go uh, into trial in, in America. All It was just very sad. And you can tell oh that that day uh, of his grandmother's funeral, when he was walking into trial, he just looked so distraught. And like my heart was so broken for him. I thought they could, they had like special, like, you know, not requirements, but like a special occasion like that. I'm sure you can mm-hmm. miss trial. I don't know. I mean, I've never been sued or anything. Yeah. So <clears throat> during the trial, Ed Sharon did say that he wrote this song independently. He came up with the sound on his own, the strings on his own, the chords, everything. He did not whatsoever take anything from Let's Get It On as far as like the music and put it towards thinking out loud. 
And he did say in his statements uh, when he was on the stand that there's a lot of pop culture songs that reference back to songs way back then and gave a bunch of examples of all these different songs, which we know that it's it's done all the time. All the time. Even like some of Eminem's, like I think there's like one song from Eminem, I think that's like from like... But all these these new songs coming out, like right now are like that like, yeah they all sound like other songs <clears throat> but he did say i wrote this song independently so then basically the defense team came back and was like no uh they showed a clip of him at a concert where he was singing thinking out loud and at the end of it he said let's get it on and everybody was like Woo! so basically the airs were like using that against him so that was like really their only argument pretty much <sighs> so dumb <clears throat> It was very sad. So basically, after the trial, the jurors only deliberated for like about three hours and pretty much That's said fast. no, that uh, Ed, they're in favor of Ed Sharon. They did agree that Ed Sharon, uh, the jurors said that Ed Sharon independently created the song, trumping every other decision they had to make to determining whether he had violated copyrights. And they pretty much said, no, he didn't. He didn't violate any copyrights. This song was clearly independently written. They went over the chords, the music for both Let's Get It On and Thinking Out Loud. And they mm-hmm. were completely different. They did sound similar. Mm-hmm. But when you look at chords on the music sheet, it's different. Totally different. Totally different. There's only so much you could do with music. Like, I feel like, mm-hmm. come on. At this point, they're probably just doing it for money. Yeah. What? what? So speaking outside the courthouse after the deliberation, uh, Ed Sharon did say, I'm obviously very happy with the outcome of the case. And it looks like I'm not having to retire from my day job after all, because Ed did say that if he did not win the case, he was not never going to make music ever again. He said he was not going to come back to the music industry if he ended up losing this case because it was ridiculous. He writes all his songs. Right. He writes all of his songs independently. He writes his own music. He does not copyright from anybody. Yes, he does collaborate with people. But it it was very he was very offended by it, which I don't blame him. You know, you work really hard for something your whole life. This is your career. This is your 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 uh, baby. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So. He did say, like, he doesn't have to retire from his day job after all. And he also said at the same time he felt frustrated by the baseless claims. He praised the jury's decision, noting that it will allow songwriters to continue to have artistic freedom, which he thanked them for. So... All that for what? And he ended up missing his grandma. Yeah, and like, he did. How? He did talk about the toll of the trial. The toll the trial took on him, um, saying that being in New York for the proceedings caused him to miss his grandmother's funeral in Ireland, which was very, very hard for him because, like I said before, he was very, very close to his grandmother. Mm. So it, it took it took a toll on him, which I don't blame him. I think it would take a toll on anybody. Yeah. For sure. But I'm really glad they were in his favor. And honestly, like when I first heard about this case, I knew it was a no-brainer. Okay. Oh, babe. So <laughs> listening to it. Listening to the it, chords similarities. The chords are similar. It's the same tone. But when you read it on the sheet, it's different. It's different. <laughs> so not to mention the words are completely different. I really I kind of wish they had like cameras in that trial i would have watched it i they need to have cameras in all the trials yeah for sure but no um yeah i'm really glad that they ruled in his favor i can i can see like okay djs mash you know songs up all the time 
if they were to mash those songs up, it would sound it would match right. for sure. But to say that he completely ripped off "Let's Get It On" by Marvin Gray, Marvin uh, Gaye is ridiculous. Like it's ridiculous. <sighs> yeah, no. Yeah, so it made me really sad, and my heart hurt for him, especially because he had to miss his grandmother's funeral in Ireland. So poor baby. Yeah. But yeah, that's not enough to take. No, all these other songs that are exactly the same. Like you know what I mean. Like, everybody writes. Yeah, everybody uses beats from older songs people, like from the 90s. People does that all the time. Like, I don't understand. You know, and if you think about it, DJs, for example, mix songs. Yes. Yes, they do make their own, you know, independent music, but they they mix songs. Like, that's their thing, too. So what, you're going to go and fucking sue them for mixing a song when that's literally what they do they mix songs together they get the beat they get people up dancing pumping whatever but i mean whatever i'm just i'm happy that he won yeah for sure me too in other news we are going to be jumping into upcoming movies uh so we have the boogeyman coming out june 2nd um so the boogeyman is about a high school student named sadie harper and her younger sister sawyer are still reeling from the recent death of their mother. They're not getting much support from their father, Will, a therapist who's dealing with his own intense pain. When a desperate patient unexpectedly shows up at their house seeking help, he leaves behind a terrifying supernatural entity that now preys on the family and feeds on the suffering of its victims, Mm. a.k.a. the boogeyman. (laughs) It is starring... Dun-dun-dun... Sophie Thatcher, Vivian Lira, David, I can never say his last name. David Daskmlashin. <laughs> yeah, don't I'm it. really bad at last names. <laughs> um Yeah, I haven't seen the honestly, I haven't seen the trailer for this movie. I think maybe I saw like a couple of scenes here and there. Boogeyman? Next one coming out July 7th is going to be Insidious of the Red Door. Josh Lambert heads east to drop his son, Dalton, off at school. However, Dalton's college dream soon becomes a living nightmare when the repressed demons of his past suddenly return to haunt them both. So this is going to be Josh, the dad, and the son, Dalton, from the very first movie. He's he's in college now. So Okay, we'll watch that one. Yeah, that one's, I'm really excited about that one. And it's the original actors, too. We have None. So they're making The Nun 2, which is set to come out September 8th. So in 1956, France, a priest is murdered and it seems an evil is spreading. Sister Irene once again comes face to face with the demonic force. And it looks like it's also going to be the same casting with uh, Thaisa Farmiga from The First Nun as well. I and love And of her. course, Bonnie Aarons is coming back to play the terrifying nun. So I'm super love. excited about that one as well. I always like the nun movies. Yeah. And last but not least, we have... Ooh, this one's actually coming out this month on the 31st. This one's called Melum. So a rookie police officer takes the last shift at a newly 
decommission station in an attempt to uncover the mysterious connection between her father's death and a vicious cult. Throughout the night, she finds herself barraged by a terrifying supernatural event while unveiling the truth behind her family's twisted past. Um, and also, while we, we were on break, we finally got to see Evil Dead Rise. <laughs> it was... It was bloody. Okay, I've seen the original movies. I feel like this movie was still good. It wasn't as gory as I hoped it would be. Especially the cheese grater scene. I was kind of disappointed. Uh, very disappointed. If you haven't seen it, oh, fuck it. I'm going to tell you. I expected more. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> more blood. I expected more. Spoilers. Not really, though. But just more about the gore. Um, yeah. The I feel like... Evil Dead, the one that came out in 2013, was more gory than this one. I think the storyline was still good, though. Even though it wasn't as much gore, the storyline was still good. It was sad as well. Um, and it kind of leaves it open to where maybe they'll make a part three. But it can also go as like a standalone movie. So we'll see what happens. I feel like they're going to make another movie. At this point, they're just milking all those scary movies. It can kind of like build up the timeline too with um, Ash versus Dead. So because in, in the series, he's the demons out and like possessing everybody and like creating all these different creatures. So Ash comes back and kills them. So I feel like Evil Dead Rise can kind of lead to that series but we'll see if they do a part three we'll see we'll see it was good it just it wasn't as gory we're just weird yeah if you don't like a lot of blood um don't watch it yeah and there's there's a lot of yeah and there's a lot of very dark humor in it so there's a lot of parts um where like the mom's (laughs) obviously the one who's possessed and she says a lot of vulgar things to her kids and it's kind of fun i thought i laughed yeah me too i laughed at a few things because i'm like oh yeah you are titty sucking parasites <laughs> fuck them <laughs> kids she said that demon <laughs> <they're> quote. <laughs> my favorite we love it here i still think it's worth the watch though yes but like like i said if you don't like blood then don't watch it because as me and mandy wanted more some people would probably think that it had too much blood (laughs) okay so in funny news tim sent me this ad on craigslist which he thought he was hilarious i fucking love craigslist let me tell you he wanted me he was telling me about it and i was like oh my god that's hilarious and he's like i'm gonna send it to you i'm like yes send it to me so that way i can read it on the podcast so basically somebody was like scrolling to, through Craigslist and they took a screenshot and shared it on Facebook and they're like, y'all, t- y'all Texans are fucking wild, man. So this guy from Houston has a very fast car and he said, pay me to lose for $250. He says, for $250, you get two races from a dig or a roll. I'll let you outrun me so that you can you can brag about how fast your baby is. For an extra $25, I'll talk shit on video before our race. <laughs> for two se- <laughs> for 275, we will get for 275, we'll get the premium package, video of the race, me talking shit before the race, and then admitting how fast your whip ass car is. 
Oh my god, this guy's a genius. <laughs> like he's just making money off him losing. He's he don't give a fuck. Money. He has a like <laughs> a fast car. I mean, he has a Camaro. <laughs> oh, it's a nice car. Nice ass car. But yeah. Somebody said he's gonna he's gotta make money racing it somehow. I mean, it is a Chevy. <laughs> Chevy, Chevy, Chevy. Uh <laughs> somebody I had, said i bet his attitude changes if i offered to pay him if he wins <laughs> oh somebody said somebody comments on there i do the same but i only charge 150 a bunch of winky faces but can, can you, you imagine can you imagine like my shitty ass car like yeah i'm gonna race you <laughs> me and my fucking jeep renegade <laughs> <laughs> pay me pay me pay me to lose ho <laughs> God, I love to. God bless Texas. Or what do they say? God bless Texas. But like Texas, we, we're wild up here in Texas, though. Is it up here or down here? Down here. <laughs> so that concludes our scary news. Insert music here. <laughs> I think he did make a jingle. Oh, yeah, he did. He did. Way to go, Tim. Okay. So moving on. Moving on to today's topic. I almost choked on my spit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why are we always moaning? Okay, sorry. Serious face. <coughs> Girl, what? <coughs> my kids got me sick. Mommy, I threw up. Have you seen those memes? <laughs> That's Sabrina. Oh my God. Let's sorry Tim. We're gonna take a water break. Uh, we're also drinking out of my new Stanley. We're also drinking alcohol. <laughs> alcohol. I was Al- a little tipsy. Al- <laughs> We've been drinking a little alcohol. Do you remember that Twilight meme? <laughs> what? The one, the one I sent you and Alicia. Oh my god. Which one? I sent a bunch of shit to you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, hold on, I need to read it. Where is it? <laughs> oh wait, where did it go? Not resume. <laughs> I'm gonna say this in front of all of y'all. If you name your kid Renesme. Please don't talk to me. My favorite TikTok where the guy's wearing the wig and he's like, Pulp, I'm Jacob. (laughs) Coming for Edward. Hi, Edward. Hi, Eddie Spaghetti. (laughs) Hi, Eddie Spaghetti. And he's all, what does he say? He goes, yeah, that bitch Bella stinks, right? (laughs) Oh, I love Twilight memes. (laughs) Look. Everybody wants to marry you. <laughs> Guys, I am I have a marriage proposal. Wait, don't say that. Don't put that in there. We're just right now we're just reminiscing. <clears throat> Shut your mouth, Tim. Tim's gonna be like bitches. <laughs> Shut your asshole up. <laughs> Shut your asshole up. Where is it? Hold on, I'm trying to look for that meme. Look for the meme. Oh, it says. Yeah. <laughs> I found it. It's so funny. It says, 
resume grew up so fast. This is a picture of Megan. <laughs> the AI from Megan. <laughs> but when they put resume. Resume. <laughs> Renesme. I laugh on TikTok whenever they talk about her. Like Re- Renesme. And they're like, uh, yeah, Ru- Rupatussin. <laughs> Rupatussin. <laughs> like, they say a different name with an R. <laughs> so funny okay guys anyway um Sorry. i just wanted to say we're if, being delirious if re- if really if you know somebody named renesme let us know like i'm genuinely just curious to see how many people are named renesme i'm gonna look it up i'm fucking i'm so curious and i'm not doing it Stop. to like make fun of people i just because i would name my kid metallica if i had one or something random you know what's your kid's name um Falling in reverse. <laughs> Ronnie. Ronica? I don't know. Ronnie. Ronarchy. <laughs> There's one Renesmee that I found. On Facebook? Okay, but no. I feel like that that's already like an older woman. Like she just changed her name. You know what I mean? Like Renesmees would have to have been when we were like maybe 10 but right now. But they're little. They're like teenagers. We're not going to say their full name, obviously. So there is people named Renesmee. Oh, wait, there's more down here. Oh, shit. (laughs) That's a lot of Renesmees. Damn, that's a lot of Renesmees. That's a lot of Twilight fans. That's a lot of uh, millennials naming their kid Renesmee. Okay, but like, before we begin, Twilight or Harry Potter? And you could only choose one. Harry Potter. Harry Potter, for sure. Harry Potter all day, baby. That's why I got a Harry Potter tattoo. You can't. Bitch. You cannot mess with Harry Potter. Okay. Why are they making it into a series? I'm gonna watch it. Ugh. I'm gonna watch it. But are we that fucking old? We're fucking old, bitch. Are we that old that they are remaking movies that we grew up with? Yes. I'm very upset about this. We might not look old. We might not feel old. <laughs> <laughs> but bitch, we're old. Oh, fuck. We're old as hell. <laughs> Damn. That's okay because we're hot as hell too. Bro, it's either super hot in here or the alcohol. It's the alcohol. Whoo! Yeah, no. My titties are When sweet. I saw that they were, that HBO was making Harry Potter into a series, I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Am I that old? <laughs> They're fucking remaking Harry Potter. And I'm old. like, okay, putting it out there in the universe. When are they gonna remake Twilight? And when are we gonna get the Bella that we deserve? And then, and then you whipped it on my daughter. <laughs> and then two days later, they announced that they're looking into making it, uh, oh making a new Twilight gosh. series into like a TV show. So I was like, okay, don't fuck it up this time. But you know what? I will still sit there on my ass all day and have a Twilight marathon. Yeah, I will sit sure. there and I will watch it, especially when it's rainy. <laughs> okay sorry let's get to it i'm sorry guys it's so funny okay tim put that in scary news <laughs> i hate y'all okay guys <clears throat> did we already tell y'all what we're talking about no we did not tell them what let's we're talking about let's tell y'all what we're talking about okay this week we are going to be talking about mommy dearest so basically mothers that do the damn thing not in a good way murders moms that are hoes (laughs) moms that i would be scared to have a mom like that moms that are shitty that are psycho 
Maybe I'm the one who is schizophrenic psycho. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So these are moms that you do not want to be your mom. These are moms that do the lowest of the low and are the shit below the shit in the shitty barrel. Okay. I fell into the rabbit hole. I was going to talk about the original Mommy Dearest, but I came across, uh, I had been following this case that had been going on for a while, and they actually reached a verdict uh, like a month or two ago, and so I decided to talk about her because it's fucking crazy. Like, we're talking about doomsday shit here, okay? This this lady was crazy. Her and her husband were fucking crazy, so we're going to just jump into it, and this is going to be... Uh, they are calling her the Doomsday Mom. This is going to be the case of Lori Vallow Debo and uh, Chad, her husband Chad. So, let's get into it. So, the only way I can get into this is just by basically doing the timeline. Because there is a timeline full of shit here. And my notes look really long. <sighs> no, I can own. barely see. But I really had to just kind of like cut it down into a timeline. I had to look up on CNN and like different websites to like help me get the timeline down. Um, I did I did get like a few details here, but let's just like jump right in. So in 1990, Chad Daybell marries his first wife, Tammy Daybell, and the couple found a Spring Creek Book Company together in Utah. The company publishes Mr. Daybell's Doomsday Books. And the couples have five children together and moved to Salem, Idaho in 2015. So Chad basically wrote these books and it's talking about like some kind of ELT or LMT church that he is a part of. And he goes into like huge detail about doomsday. Very like cult-like Christian type of shit that he talks about. And I kind of looked it up too and he wrote like five or six books. It was, it's weird. Um, And there's even people, like, if you look up uh, Chad Daybell, uh, Doomsday Books, like, there's people on there that, like, go into detail about it, like, are all about his books. What the heck? But he's crazy. So, in 1992, uh, Lori Vallow marries her first husband and high school sweetheart, Nelson Yanes. In 1995, after divorcing Nelson, Lori Vallow marries her second husband, William Langoya. Uh, the couple have a son together, Colby, but divorced after around a year of marriage. In 2001, Lori Vallow marries a, for a third time. She and her new husband, Joseph Ryan, have a daughter, Tylee Ryan. Remember, you got to remember Tylee. So the couple divorces in 2004. In 2006, Lori Vallow marries her fourth husband, Girl, what? Charles Vallow. Kobe and Tylee live with the couple while uh, Charles also has two children from a previous marriage. In 2014, Lori and Charles, Tylee and Kobe move to Kauai, Kauai, Hawaii together. The same year, the couple adopts Joshua, a.k.a. J.J. Vallow. J.J. is the biological grandson of Charles Vallow's sister, Kay Woodcock. It's, it's a huge timeline, I know. 
In 2017, the family moved back to the U.S. mainland and lives together in Arizona. It's around this time that friends say Lori is reading Chad Dable's doomsday books and her behavior begins to change very drastically. She's reading these books day and night. She's quoting them. She's like ever, her friends, her family, her, including her husband and her kids see like a huge change in her behavior. And it's almost like she's becoming brainwashed. So in April 2018, Lori's third husband, Joseph Ryan, dies from a heart attack. An investigation is later reopened into his death after the wake in the following case. So, um, basically, uh, Joseph in Joseph's autopsy, it concludes that Joseph died from natural causes. Um, so, later on down the timeline, when they figure out what's going on with Lori, when she's suspected of a few murders, um, they reopen... Joseph Ryan's case, which is her third husband, to make sure that he truly did die of natural causes, which it is ruled out that he did. There's a few other things that I found about how Chad and Lori like were talking. So I guess they became like pen pals. They were emailing each other back and forth um, because she was like emailing him, telling him how like she loved his books and like she was a follower and she believed in everything he believed in and her books changed his books changed her life and her perspective on things and i'm sure yada 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 you know how that goes so october of 2018 chad daybell and Lori vallow finally meet in person for the first time at a religious conference in utah so february of 2019 charles files for divorce saying he fears for the safety of himself and his children this comes after he contacted police saying that Lori had threatened to kill him and that she believed she was a god preparing for a second coming. He had pleaded multiple times with authorities for her to get a mental health intervention uh, for his wife. Um, but when they did, she was deemed competent at the time. Of course. And it's pretty sad. So in July 2019, uh, Charles Vallow is shot dead by Lori Vallow's brother, Alex Cox, at Vallow's home in Chandler, Arizona. So Alex claims that he shot Charles in self-defense and that when Charles tried to attack him back with the baseball bat, that's why he shot him. So police interviews show Lori smiling as she recounts what happened Tylee, who was at home at the time, gives a similar version of the events as her mother, um, as her mother and Alex, pretty much like Alex acted in self-defense and that's why he shot Charles. Alex did not perform CPR and he also waited 43 minutes to call the police after he shot Charles. So come on, it's obvious that this minutes. was this was off stage. So uh, September of 2019. Lori moves with JJ, Tylee, and Alex to uh, Rexburg, Idaho, where Chad Daybill lives. September of 2019, Lori, Alex, JJ, who's seven at the time, and Tylee, who's 17, or not, not at the time, but JJ, who's seven years old, and Tylee, who's 17, visit Yellowstone National Park. Photos of the family members there mark the last signs of life for Tylee. So, yes, scratch that. She was 17 years old at this time. So this was September of 2019. Also in that month, 
uh, Alex's uh, cell phone places him in the yard of Chad Daybill's property for around two hours in the morning. Chad texts his wife, Tammy, to say that he has shot a raccoon and buried the animal in the pet cemetery on the grounds of their property. That's random. September 22nd of 2019, JJ, who is seven years old, who is also the adoptive son of Lori, who is the biological grandson of Charles, is last seen alive. He attends Kennedy Elementary School in Regsburg, Idaho in the day and is also seen at Lori's Vallow's apartment that night by her friends. Uh, so her friend Melanie Gibb and David uh, Warwick, who are staying with her that weekend. The friends say they saw Alex uh, carrying JJ into the apartment and they laid him down to bed. Here's the weird thing. When they testified during the testimony, like when they were like in court, her friend David said that he woke up from a nightmare that night and he woke up from a nightmare because he thought something in his dream, something happened to JJ. And he said when he woke up, he jumped out of bed and nobody was home. So Alex wasn't there. Um, and I don't think Lori was there and the kids were gone or like JJ was gone. And so he asked Melanie, hey, like, where's Lori? Where's JJ? And she's like, oh, I think they left early in the, or it was like in the middle of the night, like sometime in the middle of the night, early in the morning. And so he they call Lori and they're like, hey, you know, is everything OK? Where's, is JJ OK? Like, you know, we had a bad dream, whatever. Uh, David said, you know, that he had a bad dream about JJ. And she's like, oh, he's fine. You know, he's, you know, uh, with he's out of town with his grand or with family members or whatever. So. OK. Could kind of get what, what happened. So September 23rd, this was the next morning uh, when when David has that dream. He talks to Lori. Lori makes a weird statement to Melanie on the phone. She had said that JJ had been taken away because he was being a zombie. And Alex's cell phone at the time placed him in Chad Dable's backyard, right? They, they pinged it like oh during, during the trial. So Alex, Alex's cell phone placed him in Chad Dable's backyard yet again. And Lori also calls JJ's school to say that he will no longer be attending and that she will be homeschooling him instead. Yeah. So October 2nd of 2019, Brandon Bordeaux, the ex-husband of Lori's niece, Melanie Polwowski, is shot at in a drive-by shooting in Arizona, but escapes pretty much unharmed. The assailant is driving Charles Vallow's car, which is Lori's ex-husband. Ex ex-husband, yeah. So October 9th, 2019, Danny Daybell calls 911 after someone shoots her with a paintball gun in the driveway of her home. October, in that same month, October 19th, Tammy Dable dies suddenly in her sleep at age 49 and her death is ruled as natural causes. Two weeks later, November 5th of 2019, Lori Valo and Chad Dable get married on the beach in Hawaii. Lori tells new neighbors and friends that she has a daughter named Tylee, but died in 2017. Ew. And that they had no other children. Later this month, an investigation is launched to find the missing children after JJ's grandparents contact law enforcement, seeing that they have not, they haven't been able to get in contact with him for months. And that normally Lori has like a scheduled 
like visit. visit with them yeah so like especially like on the weekends every other weekend his grandparents will take him during the summertime as well or like winter break spring break grandparents will you know take jj they haven't seen him in months oh my god so they contact police and they're like something's going on we have not seen our grandson like some something needs to be done so december 11th of 2019 alex dies suddenly at age 51 of natural causes and this indicates of uh, like a blood clot that was uh that was wedged in his arteries of his lungs and the overdose of drugs in his system so he died from like overdose and then like having like a i guess like a blood clot lodged in his lungs and whatever so they ruled it out like as natural causes mm-hmm. so december 12th of 2019 tammy's body is pretty much re-examined um, because the kids are missing. And at this time, since they're looking for JJ, they're also looking for Tylee because nobody's seen Tylee either. Hello. Ch- Charles's family, uh, his his sister, uh, say that they haven't talked to Tylee at all. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for JJ and they're looking for Tylee at this point. So because of that, they kind of look at the timeline of Chad and see that his wife died and they saw that she was ruled out as natural causes. So they go back and re-examine her body and do another autopsy. And this time her death is deemed suspicious, but at this point, no cause of death is released as of yet. So January 3rd of 2020, a search is carried out on Chad Dable's property for the very first time. In January January 25th of 2020, Lori and Chad are located by authorities in Hawaii. And there is a freaking video where she gets served. They're sitting at a pool. She's like tanning. Chad's like swimming in the water. And these two detectives or people come up. I don't know if they're detectives, but they come up and they pretty much serve her. And they're pretty much saying like, you need to come in for questioning. You have about 30 days or you have like two weeks or they gave her like a time frame pretty much that she had to take JJ to court Mm -hmm. for the school. Because, you know, like when your kids when your kid misses so many days of school, you have to like show up to court. So they were serving her for that. And she's sitting there like in the video. I'm, I get so mad when I see the video because she's sitting there like unfazed and unfucking bothered. Like if of they're course. like if they're bothering her and she's looking at the papers like this is ridiculous. Like that's just the expression she gives. It's so fucking. Oh, I fucking hate her. So yeah, so she served with the court order compelling her to physically produce her children by uh, January thirtieth. So January 30th comes around, Lori fails to produce her children, surprise, surprise, and she doesn't disclose to authorities where they are in the violation of Madison County and Idaho court order. Like, they give her a court order to show up and to show her children, and she refused to do it. So February 21st of 2020, Lori is arrested in Hawaii on charge of child abandonment and desertion. Uh, she is also charged with resisting officers, uh, criminal solicitation, and to commit to commit a crime and to contempt of court. Lori is ordered to be held on a $5 million bond. She is later, <laughs> this makes me so mad. She's later let go, uh, given back to Idaho following her arrest. Chad is also confronted by ABC News journalists and asked if the children are safe, and he refused to answer. So, in June 9th, 2020, sadly, uh, JJ, who's 
seven years old and Tylee, who is 17, remains are discovered on Chad's property. Uh, this part, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but if you don't want to hear it, you can skip about like 30 seconds or maybe 40 seconds if you don't want to hear this part. But I'm going to go into detail about how they found their bodies. So if you don't want to hear it, kind of skip ahead. Uh, JJ's body is found in a black plastic bag wrapped in duct tape near a tree. A piece of wood paling and three large flat right rows have been laid in a row over his remains in the earth. Uh, Tylee's remains are found a short distance away, buried in the pet cemetery. Her body had been dismembered and burned in a fire pit, according to the court documents. Oh, my God. Chad is arrested in order to be held on a $1 million bond. Days later, authorities confirm that the remains belong to the two missing children. Lori and Chad are later charged with destruction, alter, alteration, and concealment of evidence, but is in many months later before... like It's been at this point... They're they're in jail. They're being held at bond, um, but it's months later before like the actual murder charges are filed. Oh my god! So this was in June twenty June ninth twenty twenty. So May twenty fourth of twenty one, Lori and Chad are both finally charged with the murder of Tylee, JJ, and Tammy Daybell, which is Chad's wife. Mm-hmm. Um, in Idaho, in Idaho. So she was in Hawaii, and then she was sent back to Idaho. Yeah. So she was in Hawaii, and then she was sent back to Idaho. So that's why when when she was held in in Hawaii for um, five million dollar bond, they sent her back to Idaho because at that point in Tammy's autopsy, it was showed that she actually died from asphyxiation. So they transferred her to Idaho because at this point in the timeline. They had already gotten the autopsy back from Tammy, from Tammy's autopsy, and saw that she died from asphyxiation. So they were just looking for the kids' bodies. Oh, that is so fucking sad. This bitch. Yeah. And so because everything was in Idaho, they had to send her back to Idaho. So that way the state of Idaho can take care, take her to trial. Yeah. yeah. Fucking bitch. So May 27th of 21... Lori is ruled unfit to stand trial and is committed to a psychiatric facility for treatment because they said that she wasn't mentally all there okay. to, like, stand trial. She was crazy. Oh, my God. But not crazy Whatever. to 10? She's fucking crazy. Dumb bitch. So in June of 21, Lori Vallow is charged with, cons- with conspiring to murder her ex-husband, Charles Vallow, in Arizona. Prosecutors say she conspired with Alex Cox. So, they actually, I believe, I found in a few articles. Um, they found, I think, text messages between Lori and her and her brother, Alex, um, conspiring and, like, how they were going to come up with the plan to kill Charles. Uh, what so, on top of... On top of the charges of her kids and Tammy, she now has, she's now being charged for Charles's murder oh, as shit. well. 
August of 21, prosecutors in Idaho vowed to seek the death penalty against Lori and Chad for the murders of 7-year-old JJ and 17-year-old Tylee and uh, Miss Tammy Daybell. On October 11th of 22, Lori is finally deemed competent to stand trial. In October of uh, 19th of 22, Lori appears in court for her arrangement on charges over the murders of Tylee and JJ and Tammy. She refuses to enter a plea, prompting a judge to enter a not guilty plea on her behalf. On March 2nd, 23, this year, an Idaho judge rules that Lori Vallow and Chad Debo will be tried separately for the murders of JJ and Tylee and Tammy. Uh, Chad's case will be rescheduled while va- while Lori's will go ahead and be planned for April 3rd. <clears throat> oh. So also in that month, the judge ruled that Lori will not face the death penalty for allegedly killing her two children and conspiring with Chad Daybills about killing the ex-wife or wife. The ruling comes after Lori's defense requests the death penalty to be taken off the table because they won't have time to fully review the vast trove evidence handed over the recent weekends. There's just so much stuff to go over in the timeline, but by this point, they have so much evidence. They have text messages. They have a clear timeline of everything. Like, there's so much crap that went on, like, in this in this whole investigation that it's like it's clear as day that like it's her. It, yeah. yeah it was that it was both of them yeah. you know no yeah yeah so april of 23 uh Lori's trial for allegedly killing her two children and conspiring to kill tammy dable began in idaho and then in may the jury was sent for deliberation and i believe it only took them a few hours that's good that's fast <clears throat> yeah I think it only took them 11 hours or 11 hours or so to like come come up with the deliberation mm-hmm. for for them. So on Friday, May 12th of 2023, the 49-year-old mother of 3 was found guilty of first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit first-degree murder and grand theft over the deaths of her two youngest children in Ada County Court in Boise, Idaho. She was also found guilty of conspiracy to commit first-degree murder in the death of Chad Dable's first wife, Tammy, age 49. Lori is also separately charged in Arizona with conspiring to murder her fourth husband, Charles Vallow, uh, with the help of her now-deceased brother, Alex Cox, who mysteriously also died three months after the children's disappearance, Um, but they did do a full autopsy on him, and he did die of natural causes um, besides the drug overdose. Um, But I did kind of, like, pick out a few highlights from the trial. So during... During the stand, prosecutors say that Lori and Chad were like, so the prosecutors stated that Lori and Chad were so focused on the end times and like doomsday scenarios that they read text messages between the couple back and forth that Tammy, which is Chad's wife at the time or ex-wife, they're saying that they were still married, but like legally separated, I guess. But then the other people are saying, no, like they were divorced I really don't know. I there's so much stuff on the internet. I couldn't <laughs> fact confirm it, um, but Check. they did say that they read text messages between Lori and Chad about Tammy being in limbo and how she's being possessed by a spirit named Viola. 
Lori's friend Melanie Gibbs did testify and recalled a time in 2020 where Tylee refused to babysit JJ and Lori, their mom, declared them both as turning into zombies. And in Chad and Lori's eyes, zombies are controlled by dark spirits and the host's body can only be released through physical death in order to save the soul. It was also revealed during the financial investigation, and this made me so mad when I read it. So it was also revealed during the financial investigation that Lori took both her children's Social Security benefits after she killed them. And it also showed that Tammy's insurance policy was was increased one month before she died. Of course it was. Mm -hmm. Motherfuckers. So... Basically, they're going to jail. They're going to prison for the rest of their lives. Why don't they just fucking But I don't understand how a mother can do that to their children. Like, I don't understand. And it makes me so sad because Charles tried. You know, like, her her fourth husband. Mm -hmm. Looking fourth husband. Girl, I can't even get married once. How are you fighting all these husbands? (laughs) God damn. Damn, girl. But it's just, it's sad. I, like... I don't understand how any I don't understand how anybody can hurt their children in general. Like I I, I can feel myself sometimes getting overstimulated by my kids. Um, but I can't even imagine like, like going murdering to them. And what? also, um there's a lot of people that are saying that because how David their friends David and Melanie said they saw Alex carrying JJ and laid him down. So they were saying, Well, what if he was already dead when they laid him down mm-hmm. and then they just waited for David and Melanie to fall asleep and then, then they, they took f- his body and buried it at Chad's <sighs> property. They can't, they didn't say as far as we know, prove like, it. they can't, well, in it. trial, like f- whatever was leaked from the trial, um, it wasn't in like the notes or anything, um, but there's like, you know, people an- analyze stuff and they're saying, what if he was already dead? And Alex just kind of showed that he laid him down for show in front of Melanie and David so they wouldn't ask any questions. Which, it's just, it's sad. And she is, I hope she burns in hell. That makes me so fucking mad, dude. Seven years old and 17. They were so, like, they were cute, cute kids. That makes me and I can't cry. even imagine. Like, there's, there's people in this world that can't have kids. And then there's people that just fucking murder their kids. Like, they're nothing. <sighs> you know? And she's like, so guys, if y'all look her up, it's it's Doomsday's, Doomsday mom, Lori Vallow. When you look her up, she's smiling in court. She's sitting there smiling. Look, look at these photos. Ew. She is <laughs> What the fuck is wrong up. with her? <clears throat> she's straight up smiling in court she gives no two fucks like that's her son that's jj and that's tylee oh no they're so cute yeah they're they're smiling they're you know like oh i did nothing wrong of course uh, makes me so mad so fucking i'm mad. so over i'm so over people but i'm just i'm glad you know what like you do something wrong and things always come to light that's just mm-hmm. how it is it's exactly. always gonna come to light and this bitch thought she was gonna get off fucking scot-free thinking that and this asshole thought he wasn't gonna get caught either you know shame on both of them but so that's tylee that's jj and then that's tammy Ugh. chad's wife or ex-wife Aww. they're so cute <laughs> his little face 
Oh my goodness. So cute, I feel right? so bad. That makes my stomach hurt. I know. I don't know about all the I'm food like, we ate or because like my stomach is like literally But also nuts. like you bitch, Tammy, you didn't want your kids. You could have sent JJ to his grandparents and Tylee could have been off with her aunt. Yeah. And like people un- that love them. Yeah. Give up your rights and give your children to family members that who want them, love them and like who are going to love them. Don't fucking murder your kids. Excuse me. Like who the fuck does that? Someone who's right. fucking retarded. But, you know, she was so fixated about this doomsday shit and thought, you know, because... That's something I... That's I just, one thing I don't like when people start to, like, brainwash you about all that stuff. Like, with religion. Yes. Yeah. No. I feel like, you know... There's a lot of people that are super of, brainwashed. There's a lot of people that um, abuse religion power and yes. use it to be evil. Mm-hmm. Evil okay yeah. so that's the story of the doomsday mom well so today i'm gonna talk about a really weird case and then the first time i actually heard about this is i was watching kendall ray if y'all don't watch her on youtube you have to because she does like all this true crime stuff what was that i didn't do it <laughs> my hair hit something we always have like scary stuff that happens but hey not today Oh, so you know what? This girl, today I'm going to be talking about, first of all, I'm going to be talking about Stacey Castor, and she's actually known as the Black Widow, and you're going to be like, well, what does that have to do with Mother's Day? Just fucking watch. No, don't watch. You can't watch. Listen. <laughs> Listen. Grab your snacks, guys, because this is going to be a long one. I think it's kind of long. Anyway, look at me talking like I'm from Jersey again. What's wrong with me? Yeah, I know. Are you from <laughs> Jersey or from Texas? Both, baby. Okay, so... When Stacy was about 17, she met her first husband, Michael, who was about 23 years old at the time. Um, they met at a bar in New York. This is kind of like, OK, bitch, why are you at a bar at 17? Anyway, as soon as they met, she knew that they would end up married because their connection was like super strong. So after five years of dating, they got married um, on April 7th, 1990. So after that, Stacy got pregnant and had a daughter and named her Ashley. But then like soon after, she became pregnant again and had another daughter and they named her Brie. So both Stacy and her husband had a weird schedule because Michael was a mechanic and Stacy worked at an ambulance dispatch. So Michael was home at night and Stacy was home in the daytime. Um, so they were never really together at home at the same time. Also, this was weird, but they each had like their favorite daughter for some reason. So Michael favored Bree and Stacy favored Ashley. Michael used to be like a party animal. Hence, that's why they met kind of at the bar. He was always drinking, partying, and then he ended up in jail. But he did change his life around because he wanted to be like a better person for his kids. Um, but Stacy was already like over it. She was like, no, I'm done with this. Like they're marriage was falling apart and she was like ready for a divorce out of nowhere michael starts to get super sick and nobody knows what's wrong with him he would just become sicker and sicker like day by day he would get a little bit sicker and like it was just weird because nobody knew what it was so january 11th the year 2000 the girls come home from school and they find that their dad was on the couch and he was like almost dead. So they called their mom and she sent an ambulance to their house. 
it was too late. Michael died on the way to the hospital and the doctors were like, yeah, it's, it was probably a heart attack. Like, I don't know why they didn't really check, but it said the do- doctor said it was probably a heart attack. The weird thing is that Michael's parents wanted like a for sure answer on how he passed away. Like they wanted to do an autopsy on him. And Stacy said no. And since she's a wife, they're going to like listen to Stacy. And then Michael was also 38. So I feel like the thought of him having like a heart attack at 38 is probably not that like it's rare. You know what I mean? Stacy was able to collect $55,000 from his insurance policy. Hmm. Convenient. Um, Yeah. So with this money, she went and she took the girls to Disneyland. But I think like this is like the last nice thing she ever did for those girls. I mean, they were going through so much, so I'm sure that little Disney trip was was good for them. Only a year after Michael died, she met someone else. His name is David Castor. He was totally opposite of um, Michael. Totally opposite. This man was, like, super responsible. He was serious. Um, and they were married by 2003, so, like, two a couple years after he passed. How do, also, how do these girls keep finding husbands so fast? Like, I don't fucking <laughs> understand. They're not even pretty. <laughs> David, um, her new husband, he made it known that he didn't want to play father to other people's kids. So he had a son of his own, but he didn't want Ashley and Bree. Like, he's like, I'm not your dad. Like, I'm not interested in raising any more kids. Like, y'all aren't my kids. But at this point, they were like teenagers. So they were really like, I don't give a shit, you know? Yeah. Like, you're not my dad, I know. Anyway, so, Monday, August 22nd, Stacy called 911, and she tells the dispatch that her husband never showed up to work that morning. So, she worked with him now. So, he's the owner of an AC company, and she became the office manager. So, she quit her job at the dispatch to go, like, work with him um, at his office. Anyway, she called 911 and was like, hey, like, the last time I heard from my husband was, like, at 5 a.m. Um, we got in a big fight and we haven't talked. So he locked himself in this room and he took a bunch of booze in there with him. And this morning he just never showed up to work. So, like, she wanted officers to go do, like, a house check on him or whatever. And she's like, oh, and by the way, my husband is very suicidal. So then two officers were sent to their home. Um, they kicked on the door to the bedroom and they found David and he was dead, laying naked face down on the bed. So next to David on the nightstand, there was two glasses. One of them had like this, I don't know, like booze. And then this other glass had like a super neon green drink, um, which was kind of weird. But under the bed, they found a bottle of antifreeze. So Stacy got home and she was obviously so distraught in front of the officers. And she was like telling them that David was suicidal. But for some reason, like the officers were like, I don't really believe her. Like she didn't. It felt just, off. Yeah. Like, um, and so the officer was like, you know what? I'm going to kind of look around the house and just like snoop around. And he found a turkey baster in the trash can that smelled like alcohol. And also people were saying that. It's very unlikely for someone to commit suicide naked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, people are going to obviously find you dead. Like, why would you be naked? So that was another thing that was, like, 
really crazy. So they actually did do an autopsy on David and he had antifreeze in his system. So therefore, either he was poisoned or he drank the antifreeze, which remember he worked at an AC company. Mm -hmm. So he would have known that if he drank the antifreeze, it would have been a slow and painful death. So why would he do that also? I don't know. Anyway, the turkey baster had traces of David's mouth on it. And if he was going to drink antifreeze, why would he do it out of a turkey baster and not just drink it out of a cup? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's going to, oh, let me get a turkey baster. It just, stuff was just like not making sense. The police figured out that she had already had a husband who died. So what they did is they found out where Michael was buried. They went to the cemetery and they went to exhume his body, which side note, she had both of them buried next to each other. Oh my god. How funny. Like her own trophies? Yeah. Um, So they went and exhumed Michael's body. As soon as they opened the fucking, um, what do you call it? The coffin. He was like glowing green. They're like, oh yeah, he definitely drank antifreeze. And lots of it. I wonder how they, oh, because they didn't do an autopsy on him. they didn't do one because she refused. Mm. And so at this time, she kind of figured that cops were like onto her but she she felt the heat she felt it but she didn't like it wasn't a for sure thing yet so she started just like taking like steps um to kind of like you know like backtrack i don't know Mm -hmm. like to make herself seem like it wasn't her so anyway ashley stacy's first daughter was already starting college she called her mom and told her that a detective went to her school and they were talking to her about her father's death. And obviously her daughter was scared for her. She was like, mom, like, I don't want you to go to jail for something you didn't do. Because like, you know, like it's your daughter. She's obviously going to think like my mom didn't do anything wrong. Like what what is going on? So Stacy, the mom, was like, oh, my God, like, you know what? Come over. We've had very like long days um let's just have a little drink and unwind and try forget all of this stuff that's going on so after school ashley went over to her mom's house had about two drinks which her mom made her mom made her her mixed drinks ashley started feeling a little sick she went to lay down work up the next day um went to school she said she didn't remember anything that happened the night before uh but she just figured she got a little bit too tipsy you know but it's like it's two drinks You're not me. Like, I get drunk fast. Anyway, a few hours later, she gets a call from her mom again. And she's like, hey, like, do you want to do like a round two? Do you want to come over? Like, I had another rough day at work and all this stuff that's going on with, you know, David. Like, I just had a rough day. So Ashley thought this was pretty weird. But she's like, you know what? We've been going through a lot. I'm just going to go get drunk with my mom and hang out, like, help her feel better. She gets to her mom's house and her mom makes her a drink. And she said that this drink tasted really gross. But her mom was just like, oh, like, just drink it. Like, it's just the alcohol. Like, just chug it. Um, She started feeling sick again, decided to lay down. She's like, you know what, mama, I don't feel good. I'm going to go lay down. She went to go lay down. The next morning, Brie, the other, the younger sister, finds her almost dead calls an ambulance and then the ambulance is coming and then Stacy gets on the phone and she's like telling the officers that um, her daughter consumed a lot of alcohol and she took a lot of pills and that she tried to commit suicide because she found a suicide note. 
And so people are like, what? Like, okay, like they send the ambulance, whatever. Um, Ashley survived. So she almost like they were saying that if they hadn't called the ambulance, like she would have probably been dead within like 10 minutes. Like they called the ambulance yeah. just in time. So Ashley survived, but the suicide note was kind of weird. It was 750 words and it was a typed out letter and it was written by Ashley supposedly and it was confessing to killing her dad and to also killing David. So the note said that she killed her dad and David and that she was going to kill herself because she couldn't live with what she had done. Obviously, I would have read the note, but 750 words, bitch, I ain't got time for that. Mm -mm. When Ashley wakes up at the hospital, investigators right away were like um, questioning her, like, yeah. what happened? What did you do? And she is obviously like, just woke up from a coma. And she's like, what are you talking about? What note? I didn't try to kill myself. I literally was at school and then drinking with my mom. So detectives right away figured out that this was like a setup from Stacy trying to blame someone else, her daughter. Her own daughter. Her own daughter for what she had done so she can get away with the murder. Stacy was arrested under suspicion of murder and attempted murder. And then in the trial, Stacy and her team stuck with the story that it was all Ashley. So the whole trial, they're like, no, it was Ashley. No, it was Ashley. Blah, blah, blah. Like they were just, can you just imagine how Ashley feels? Like your own mom is like blaming shit on you that you didn't. Like you had nothing to yeah. do with to cover. She her was own willing ass. to pretty much throw her under the bus and sacrifice her daughter. Like she was, she was gonna kill her own daughter to fucking cover up her yeah. tracks. So there was like a lot of stuff with this letter that was like, like Not first right. of all, yeah, it Ashley was very smart, so they knew that she knew like her punctuation and all that stuff. And um, antifreeze was misspelled. And this whole letter was basically a big old run on sentence. And they knew that that's not how Ashley typed. And either way, the letter was typed at home, but Ashley was at school. So they kind of like, you know, figured that it was not Ashley. Um, so February 5th, 2009, after four days of deliberation, Stacy was found guilty of second degree murder and attempted murder. So she was found guilty. And I'm going to play you a little part. And I don't own any rights to this. But I found this on YouTube. And I just want you to hear um, how Ashley sounds. And it just literally, hold on, breaks my heart. So just listen. Good morning Biggest. to both of you again. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, right the now. biggest question I ask is why? Why did she do these things? I know that's probably never going to be answered. There are so many things that she has ruined. She'll never be able to see Brie graduate. My father will never take me down the aisle. She'll never get to see her grandchildren. All those things she took away from me. She killed two people and tried to kill me and blame it on me and blame me for the other deaths. That bothers me so much. I had to pretend for a year that everything was okay, that nothing was bothering me, even though I was worried about the trial and worried whether the jury would believe me. Okay, I just, I just wanted to show you a little clip. This literally goes on for five minutes of her just talking to her mom. Oh, and her mom, Stacy's mom, mm -hmm. does not have it going on. Anyway, Stacy's mom, so Ashley's grandma, 
did it doesn't believe ashley she sticks that it's her daughter that her daughter's right like she does not believe her granddaughters so they like they don't have a grandma now either because the grandma is on stacy's side and she's like my daughter's innocent it was all ashley so like they're basically like they basically have nobody right now you know the grandma reminds me of casey anthony's mom yes which we just watched that <clears throat> I know, it made me sick to my stomach. But um, that was Stacy, Stacy Caster, and um, she, I guess she's still in. I didn't even finish looking that breast up, but she's guilty, and I just feel so bad for the daughter. And that was only like a couple seconds, but if y'all want to go listen to it on YouTube, it's five minutes of her literally crying, and the mom is just like sitting there listening like like unbothered and i'm like how is this real like how are you just sitting there when you blamed your own daughter for the murders you committed and for what disgusting when she said you my dad can't walk me down the aisle i fucking almost lost it because that's so sad she robbed them from all of that she really did well and then like Oh, just the fact that she was going to kill her. Like, she was going to just let... Like, she just pretty much drugged her daughter and was probably, like, standing there watching her die. Yeah. She was making her those drinks, killing her slowly. Oh, that's so horrible. Oh, hell no. So. My mom always told me... It's so, it's so weird, right? Because, like, I... I There's, like, a lot of stories like that where, like, the mom will always, like, be by, like their child's side and like i get mm-hmm. it it's hard you know you don't want to believe that your child does something wrong like that but my mom's always like hell no she's like if you're found guilty she's like bitch you're guilty and you're on your own yeah <laughs> cutting all ties if you're guilty you're guilty i'm not covering up for you no matter if you're my daughter my <clears throat> mama my dog my cat you did it you did it just like you know in the casey anthony's case like her mom covered for her so many times yeah. and like pretty much screwed up. I feel like the mom screwed up the trial too. Like she backtracked on what she said. How is and like, that bitch free? Is what I want to fucking know. Yeah. How if it's Casey so and up. we're even not even like, supposed to talk about it, right? Because don't don't they send like people? Oh, do they? I don't know. I thought they still did that. What? Like, Either way, Casey fire, Anthony, like, if you listen to this ever, it's on site. They um. Do they like send like <laughs> cease and desist, cease and desist, or whatever? <laughs> they don't. Fu- they won't fucking listen to us. A whole, whole, like, look I'm at these ghetto girls. <laughs> <laughs> listen to these ghetto Texas girls. <laughs> ghetto Texas girls. We're swinging. Okay, fine, Tim. I guess you could just delete it. <laughs> nah. Fuck mm. that bitch. Somebody reported that they saw her at um Disney. Disney, yeah. The fact that nobody threw their drink at her, I'm amazed. I would have. I wonder if people even like remember her, what she looks like. Like I'm, like I feel like. It, no, I would know. I would know what she looks mm-hmm. like. No, I, I would definitely yeah. know. Did she change her name? No, she just. I think she just like relocated herself. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I, I really want to cover that case so bad, but like from top I mean, to we bottom, tef- we probably could. I mean, everyone does it. And it's even on TV now, so I'm guessing it's free range. Look, don't come for me, but... <laughs> yeah, they won't. They won't even know we exist. Hell no. 
But anyway, guys. Watch we get another, like, secret email. Oh, guys, remember when we got that email when we were talking about Johnny Depp? We were talking about What's Your Face? Oh, Amber Amber Heard. And then we got a secret email from this email that couldn't be, like, you couldn't write back to it. Well, it was weird because like a lot of a lot of TikTokers and like other podcasts were getting those same emails. Yes. And they found they found out like somebody down the line figured out that it was like from her team. Like they had a team of people that were like sending emails out to people that were like, quote unquote, bashing her name and and like, like, get the facts straight. And I'm like, bitch, what? And um, because you are a woman owned podcast, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. Of uh what what did they say um victim shaming yeah you should be ashamed of yourself blah blah blah. i'm like no she's crazy she took a shit on his bed (laughs) (laughs) we don't we don't play that here hell no but anyway that was my dog stepped on a bee (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh my god. god my favorite our favorite our favorite anyway, this was a long episode yeah it was a long ridiculous episode ridiculous <laughs> but happy belated mother's day everybody we love you guys so much we're gonna be better thank I, you for waiting for us so far we are back to normal yes as of now we're knock back on wood. to sunday rituals um, uh, knock on wood everybody but thank you for always sticking with us. Thank you so much for loving us still, no matter what. We still get messages from everybody. So. Yes. And they and y'all check on us. It's like, no, we're okay. We're just, we're a mess we're sometimes. Alive. We're alive. We're just hot messes 99% of the time. Exactly. Oh, I but pee. if you have any other true crime cases or like specific topics you want us to cover, Make sure you email us at scarynotscarypodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you please, please, please rate and review us on all major platforms. Whatever major platform you listen to us on, rate and review. Especially if you listen to us on the Apple Podcasts, so that way we can hit it to the charts. Yep. And uh, if you ever want to send in like your own stories of encounters, you can always send it to us on all of our social medias at scarynotscarypodcast. And I believe that's it, guys. That's it. We love you guys. I'm not drunk. <laughs> We're a little tipsy. Mm-mm. I'm a little tipsy, but I'm not drunk. <laughs> and I made a. I may have made a thousand mistakes during this episode, but Tim's we'll hand them. is no longer broken. He is out of the cast, so he can properly edit, edit the episode. Yes, for sure. For sure. But I think that's it. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today on our little dash of true crime with Scary Not Scary Podcast. Yeah. Until next time, remember to always stay.